0: for joining us for the latest message at Island Church. We are still teaching, which we have been here for the last Several, several, I guess last couple months we've been teaching on the spirit-led life, how to be led by the Spirit of God, which I will tell you, like I like I've said probably a million times, is probably one of the most important messages and one of the most important doctrines, one of the most important things we can hear and need to understand, especially in this day and age that we're living in. Amen. And I pray that some of these things have been giving you clarity on how God actually will lead us, amen, how he sometimes leads us and how he will not lead us in this day and age because we have to get catch on and, and catch a clue to some of these things. Why? Because you say, I, listen, there's things all around this world that are trying to lead us. Amen. Your own opinions are trying to lead you. The opinions and other people, they're trying to lead you. We have our own wills. We have our jobs. We have our finances. Listen, church, there are other spirits, regardless if you believe it or not, there are foul spirits out there that, that are trying to lead you. Amen. But the word teaches us that we are to be led by one spirit. One spirit. You say, what is that? That's that's Holy Spirit. Only Holy Spirit, and that's it. Amen. But we gotta learn how to be submitted, learn how to hear from him to where we can be. And where we can be led by Him in everything, Amen. But how many of you know that you will not submit yourself unto? You will not trust. You will not. Let me. Let me say the best way to say it. you. We will not submit ourselves to anything we do not trust. Amen. You say, why do churches take a, a long time to build? Because listen, they won't. people won't submit themselves to anything they won't trust. Amen. I it takes time to build trust. It takes time to do these things. Amen. But listen, we can't, we will not, we will refuse to submit ourselves even to Holy Spirit until we begin to trust Him. This is why we continually, on a, on a week in and week out basis, we continually reinforce this message of intimacy. Amen. That we that we have to get intimate with the things of God, intimate with his word, intimate by the Spirit of God. Why? So we just don't know the God of the Bible. We, we, know, we know God Himself. Amen. We know the Father himself. We know Jesus himself. We need the Holy Spirit himself. Amen. Because I'm telling you, church, the the Bible, it's amazing. It's an amazing book. It's amazing. It is a foundation to everything that we have. Amen. It is our source. It is the Word of God. Amen. It is the the spoken Word of Jesus himself. Amen. That has been documented and written down. It is is, is God-breathed. Amen. But we are not called just to memorize scriptures. We're called to get to know the God of the scriptures. Amen. It's called to push us to him to where we submit this is why god gave us this word not just so we can have more knowledge than someone else he gave us this word because it drives us to him it drives us to him and everything that we're doing so we need to yield under those things we got to learn to know him we got to get to know him not just know him (laughs) if that makes any sense whatsoever we need to get to know him but not just know him you say what does that mean Listen, church. You know, a lot of people ask me. They say, "Oh, do you know? You know the Azusa Street revival. Do you know? Do you know that man that, that started the, that had the, the the Holy Ghost work through to have the Azusa Street revival?" I say, "Absolutely. I know William Seymour." absolutely, I know, I know about him. He's, he was an amazing guy. I mean, he was a black guy. He was blind in one eye. I think it was because of smallpox back in the, in the late 1800s. He got smallpox and they made him go blind in one eye. The amazing thing about him is when he, when he began to preach, I mean, he ministered a lot on the baptism of the Holy Ghost. How many of y'all know that he was, he was ministering on the baptism of the Holy Ghost before he even received it? Why? Because he so trusted what Jesus said in his word, he began to speak and preach on these things and that allowed him to receive it. When he received it, it, it allowed the baptism of the Holy Ghost to launch all throughout the United States, not just the United States, but different portions of the world. He'd actually come out sometimes with a box on his head. Amen. Why? So people would not pay attention to him and he didn't pay attention to any people. And he would sit there tirelessly waiting for the Holy Spirit to speak to him, to lead him, direct him and what they are going to do in a service. Amen. I'm telling you, I can give you all the facts about him. I can tell you the good things about him. I can tell you successes in his ministry and failures in his ministry. But I'm going to tell you something, church, I don't know him. I don't know him. I know about him, but I don't know him. Amen. mean, I don't know what he smells like. I don't know if he liked to wear deodorant or not. I don't know if he liked to wear cologne or not. I don't know what his hands felt like when he went to pray for you and touch you. I don't know if they were callous and hard because he liked to work out in the garden or if they were soft like a doctor's. I have no idea. I don't know what it was like when his, what his voice would sound like if he picked up his phone and called me outside the fact that he's probably been dead for a hundred years. Amen. I don't know those why because I never spoke to him. Amen. but on the other side of that, I mean, there is someone that I do know. There is someone that, that I am intimate with. There is someone called my wife, amen, that I know the ins and outs of her, amen. I know, I know, I know the secrets. I know the details. I know, I know things you will probably never know yourselves. Why? Because I've come to that place of intimacy with her. I know when she comes to me, she wants to tell me something I don't want to hear. When she wants to tell me something good, bad, or ugly, you say, how's that? Just by the posture she comes and stands before me, by the tone of her voice, by the way she breathes. I can tell these things. Why? Because I know her. Amen. I know her. Amen. I'm telling you, this is that same way we need to get with our Lord. We, get, we need to get to know him. Not just know about him. We need to know him and everything we're doing. Listen, church, this is the journey. This is the journey I'm, I'm trying to woo you on. I'm trying to entice you on. This is the journey that this church is going to be embarking on. It is coming to that place of intimacy with him. We are not just satisfied with the knowledge. I'm telling you, you stick around here long enough, you are going to get a lot of knowledge in this place. Why? We teach the Word of God. We teach the Word of God. And we will teach the Word of God. You will get a lot of knowledge. But listen, add on top of that knowledge, relationship. And on top of that knowledge, a place of, of union and intimate communion and union with him. Amen. I'm telling you, you'll begin to be led on things that you never dream possible. That you never dream possible. Amen. But it all comes from this place of intimacy. Why? Because trust, trust is the beginning of all intimacy. When you can begin to trust him, you'll get into that place of allowing yourself to be wide open to him to where he can speak into you, he can lead you, he can guide you, he can direct you. I mean, this is that that day and age. Listen, church, if we don't understand how how God will speak to us, how he will lead us and direct us, listen, church, we're going to have some real hard troubles in the days ahead. Amen. But see, God never, he said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you, I'm never going to put you out to hang you out to dry. I've, 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 come alongside of you. I've come in union with you. Amen. But we got to learn how he wants to lead us. Not how we demand him to lead us, how he desires to lead each and every one of us. You say, well, what is that? You can go back to one of our, our foundational scriptures here. Amen. It's, uh, in Proverbs, what, 20, 27, it says that the, that the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord searching all the inward parts of the belly. Amen. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. God, it's like he shines a torch, he shines a light, specifically on your spirit, man. Why? Because that's who he speaks to. He does not speak into your mind. He does not speak into your flesh. He speaks into your spirit. Amen. And your spirit is is the guiding light for you and everything that you're doing. Why? Because your spirit is the real you. Amen. Your mind needs to be controlled by your spirit. Your flesh needs to be controlled by your spirit. Now, anytime we start talking about this verse there in in Proverbs twenty twenty seven, you know John seven thirty eight ought to be popping up out of your mind. You say, "What is that?" Because we go over it every single week. That what that he that believes on me, as the Scriptures saith, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. See, out of our you say, why out of our belly? Because our belly, our spirit man, the, the hidden man of the heart, this is where God is. This is where he's coming to union with. He didn't come into union with your mind. He came into union with your spirit. And it's out of your spirit will flow these rivers of living water. I mean, these rivers of living water, rivers of revelation, rivers of power, rivers of love, rivers of compassion, rivers of mercy. They flow from your spirit man. Not from your mind. They flow from your spirit, man. Now, how I many of you know that a river has power? A river has power. You know, I was, uh, I was sitting over there at the docks earlier this week, you know, uh, you know watching as the tide was going out. And, and I was sitting there, and I, I looked down, I was like, I was like, man, that river was just flowing through, flowing through those piers. And I was like, man, I bet it'd be very difficult to go out there swimming right now. I better be very difficult to even stand in the power of those rivers as, as they're flowing through. Why? Because I'm telling you, rivers, they have power. That's what they're designed for. They're designed to have power. And I'm telling you, God has placed power on the inside of us that will flow if we'll begin to yield unto it. If we'll begin to yield unto it. I mean, you know that most cities are built around Rivers. I mean, our city that we live in right now, it's built on a river. You say, well, why is that? <laughs> because rivers can be the life source to everything that's around them. I'm telling you, the river that's been placed on the inside of you, it's not just a, a life source for you. It's a life source to everyone that comes into contact with you. Amen. the goodness of God needs to be flowing through us. Salvation needs to be flowing, not just, not just grabbing a hold and, and, and damming up that river of salvation on the inside. No, no it's here to let it flow into the people that come around you. Amen. Healing is not come to just dam it up on the inside of you. It's here to, to release it to the people that come into you. Prosperity is not for you just to hold on to it, to dam it up. No, it's there to release it into the people that we come in contact with into the kingdom of God to change everything that is around us. Why? Because out of our bellies flow rivers of living water, amen. Listen to this here in in and uh first Corinthians chapter two. I, I love I love these verses here in Verse eight. Let's just start there. In verse eight, it says, "It says, and none of the princes of this world knew. If they had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory." This is talking about, you know, uh, Satan's not stupid like we think he is. Amen. He does the same things over and over again. But but if he would have known that if he would have hung Jesus on that cross and allow him to die, that it was going to mean his defeat, he never would have allowed him to get up there on that cross. He would try to keep him awake forever, keep him alive forever. Why? Because he had to die to where you guys become christ-like amen to where now there's there's millions of jesus's walking around this world not just one amen he never would have put him up on that cross amen if he knew what the game plan was but here in verse 9 it says but as it is written eye is not seen nor his ear heard neither is it entered into the heart of man the things which god has prepared for them that love Him." Amen. See, the eye is not seen. He has, it hasn't come to this place. It's, it's such a mystery of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ that, that Jesus Himself would, would go and He would give His life for rebellious people. For rebellious people. That He would give Himself to, I'm telling you, it's a mystery. It's a mystery. This, this, is, this is the one thing that religions around the world, the Muslims, the Buddhists, the Hindus, why they can't, they can't trust in Jesus. They say that he's not real. He may have been a prophet. He may have been this or that, but he couldn't have been the son of God because no perfect God is ever going to give himself for unrighteous people. He's never going to give himself for people that, that, are, that are rebellious. But I'm telling you, this is the God we serve. I mean, he's a God of love. If God just doesn't love. He is love. Amen. Everything he does in love, every judgment he has is in love. Everything he does is according to the love of who he is. Amen. So, what did he do? He says, "In his love, he says, I'm not going to allow evil to take these people." You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give myself up for them. Amen. Jesus, before even the world was born, he, you know, God looked for. It. He said, "Yes, you know, this is what's going to happen." Why? Because the foreknowledge of God. Jesus says, "I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it, Papa. I'll go down there. I'll redeem those people." I want them back. I want, my, I want my family back. I want this circle dance of per, perichoresis to happen one more time. I, you know, I'll, I'll go back and win them over. And Jesus came—the greatest mystery. I'm telling you, church. You even say these things; it's it's difficult. I think sometimes for even the Christian mind to understand these things. Why? Because because the, the, these things are spiritual. I mean, they got to be they got to be received with our spirit. Amen. They can't be received with your flesh. They can't be received with your mind. I don't know if any of y'all, if, I don't know when you guys got saved in here. I got saved later on in life in my 20s. And I'm telling you, I tried reading this thing right here, this book, and I couldn't understand any of it. Amen. I didn't, it was like, what? This is the dumbest thing I think I've ever wrote until I got, until, uh, read until I got saved. And then what happened? Then your spirit man begins to understand these things and he gets enlightened. Amen. These things have to be spiritually discerned, not, not grabbed a hold of by your mind. So I'm telling you, this outrageous, this ridiculous love of God, the God that loves without abandonment, I'm telling you, you can't, it's hard to understand. It's hard to fathom. This is what he's calling each and, of us, each and every one of us to be as well. This is what he has recreated on the inside of us. But don't allow your flesh, don't allow your mind to move you in these directions. You're going to have to listen to the hidden man of the heart, your spirit man. You're going to have to listen to your spirit. In here in verse 10, it says, but he hath revealed unto unto them. He has revealed them unto us. What these secret things, these mysteries. He's revealed them unto us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things. Yeah, even the deep things of God. Even the deep things of God. I mean, holy, the Lord's saying here by the Holy Spirit that, that all the hidden things that are in the word, you know, God will reveal them to you. How's he going to do it? He reveals them to us. How's he, what, what's the us that's talking about? It's talking about your spirit. Amen? He'll, he'll reveal them to your spirit. Why? Because Holy Ghost will go and he'll search out the deep things of God. He's going back and forth to, to the Father, seeing, searching out all the deep things. And what does he do? He comes back and lays them back out. To your spirit so you know these things. How many of y'all know that there's there's loads of mysteries in the Word of God. They're hidden from people, they're hidden from man, but they're not they're not hidden so we can't find them. They're hidden for us to go seek them out. Amen, why cause God God's not just gonna hand things out. He's not gonna pour things out to the swine. No, he gives them to the seeker. Amen. So if you'll go seek these things out, things that are hidden will become revelation unto you. See, that's why Jesus spoke in in, in parables and, and the way he spoke. Everyone, no one was understanding the things he could say. Even his disciples, were like, what are you talking about, Jesus? But see, they wanted to know. So what did they do? They went to the feet of Jesus and asked. And what did Jesus do? He laid it out in simple terms for them. Why? Because we've got to be the seekers. We've got to be people that will seek out the things that God has for us. Amen. Why? Because they're not hidden, for, uh, for us, uh, hidden from us, church. They're hidden for us. Why? Because Romans 8, 14 tells us, as many of them are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. As many of them are led by the Holy Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. I like how the Passion's translation says that the mature sons of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. Amen, you say, why does it say the mature sons? Because that's the Greek word we all say, man, it's not talking about the little babes, it's not talking about the adolescents, it's it's talking about the people that are in full maturity, the ones that have the signet ring of the father, the ones that have the robe of righteousness on, the the, the sandals of peace, those those are are the ones that are hearing from the Holy Spirit and they're led by him in everything that they're doing. They're moved by the impulses of Holy Spirit because they're in tune with them. They're in union with them. But listen, church, just because we're, just because we are, just because we hear from Holy Spirit and we can be led by Holy Spirit doesn't mean that you won't come to any bumps in the road. Doesn't mean that the Holy Ghost doesn't lead you into places that may not come to fruition. But listen, how many of y'all know the Lord gives people chances? He gives them Opportunities. I mean, we had some ministers that came and tried to work, work alongside of us at one time. And, and they decided they had a real hard time catching a hold of the vision, catching a hold of what the Lord was, was doing in us and through us and through the ministry we're involved with. And so what happened? It had to be cut off. It had to, it had to be stopped because they couldn't, they couldn't get on board with it. Amen. Why? Because he, he gives people the opportunity. But see, we have to be learn to get to that place where we're led by the Spirit. Amen. I was I was I was on the streets several years back there there in Dundalk, and man, I think it was me and my wife were out handing out tracts, to, you know, listening to the Holy Spirit, trying to find someone to minister to. Amen. And there was this guy that was in like that goth uh, look, you know, I'm a, a black eye makeup and I'm all black, you know, looked like a hood, right? And and Lord said, I want you to go, get, I want you to go talk to that guy. And I was like, okay, you know. So I, so I walk over there and I, I hand him a tract, and he's like, what is this? I said, oh, it's a little bit of information about Jesus. Do you know who Jesus is? And he, he looked at me, and he said, do you, know, do you know what I stand for? And I said, no. He said, do you know what this tattoo means right here? I said, yes. And he said, he said you know that I'm a wicked, and I'm a witch. I, I don't need anything you have to offer. And he, and he pushed it, like, you know, kind of give it back to me in my chest. And I said, no, why, why don't you just hold on to that? I said, because I promise you, man, you're going to need this. You're going to need this. Amen. Just, just grab a hold of it. Read it when all your buddies aren't around. Just, just grab a hold of it and read it. If you don't want to talk to me, that's Grant. And he crumbled it up, and then, and then you know, kind of dropped that dropped at my feet. And I was like, oh, well, okay. You know, and I was, I was a little irritated about it that night and I was talking to the Lord. I said, Lord, you know, look at this guy. You, I know you told me to go over there. I know you told me to chat with that guy. I said, but he is definitely choosing death. He's definitely choosing hell over you. And he says, I know, and I'm going to continue to give him opportunities. I'm going to continue to give him opportunities. I want to so sow opportunities to that guy because I want him. He said, "This and this guy, he goes, he, he's, he's looking for power. He's looking for power. He just settled for the inferior one. I mean, how many of y'all know that Satan has power? Amen, but it's inferior. You say, well, well how do well, how these things happen? Listen, it's because the church is the blame on these things. Listen, if we were operating in the things that we should be operating in church, we wouldn't have people going off and seeking dark power and we wouldn't have witches walking around. Why? Because that power is so inferior, amen, to the power of the living God that has been placed on the inside of us. But we don't believe it when the church doesn't believe it. We settle into an inferior gospel. You say, what is that? An intellectual gospel. Oh, just give me a bunch of knowledge. Give me a bunch of a weak doctrine. And just as long as I'm doing all these things, everything's going to be grand. But see, that's not how God designed the church to be birthed. I mean, how, do y'all, how many of y'all know that, that, that Simon the sorcerer, how did he get delivered in Acts chapter 8? Amen. It says that they, all heard, they, all, they all heard and saw the things that he was doing, the miracles that were, that were done. So they gave ears, they gave heed to the things that he was preaching. Amen. Why? Because of the signs and the wonders and the miracles that followed him. Amen, church, when we settle for an inferior gospel, when we settle for, for a dead gospel, a demonic gospel, let me, just, let me just be straight with you. Amen, what does it do? It hurts the world outside. Amen, why? Because, because they're, they're looking for something. They're looking for something, but they don't want that weak junk. They don't want religion. Amen, I they want power. Amen. They want want the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. They want want the power that created the heavens and the earth and everything that dwells within it. Why? Because it's an innate desire God's placed on the inside of us, and it's our duty to give it to people. Amen. They're searching. We got the answer, but we got to give them the answer. Amen. We got to release this answer. Listen, church, if we just come to this realization of what dwells on the inside of you, it'll change everything you do in your life. Hmm? Oh, come on, church. I'm telling you, if people would understand what's dwelling on the inside of you, every single seat in this church would be full right now, standing room only. If people just would understand that, that, the, that the creator of the heavens and the earth, he, he lives on the inside of you. You don't have to go seeking for him. All you got to do is look down and start talking to him. He lives on the inside of you. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. The same power that casts out demons, that heals the sick, that makes cancers leave, it lives on the inside of you. He lives on the inside of you. Amen. The same power that raised Christ from the dead, that took him out of the place of hell and brought him back up into the right hand of the Father. He lives in you. His name's Holy Spirit. He's not inferior. He's not weak. He is the power, the exercising power of the word of God, and he lives in you, church. But if we can just believe those things, listen, we will change everything around us. You won't be in fear. Oh, oh, hopefully they don't know I'm a Christian. I better not act too Christian around these people. Uh, Maybe I shouldn't go lay hands on that person over there that's sick, because what if nothing happens? No, you'll be marching around asking the Holy Ghost, please, Holy Ghost, just let me pray for that one. Let me go lay hands on that one. Let me go do something because I want to see you work. Hmm? Huh? We need not settle for an imperial gospel church. We need to sell for the gospel that Jesus died for. Pastor John Osteen, he was my pastor's pastor after the good ones died. He, my pastor was out having dinner or lunch with him, him and another minister. And they're sitting around, sitting around the dinner table uh, chatting. And, and if you all know brother, uh, brother, Pastor John Osteen, he can get pretty excitable when he starts talking about the things of God. And he's sitting there and they're talking, talking about the things of God. And he turned over and he stood up out of his chair and he pointed his finger right in, in Rusty's chest. And he said, Rusty, he goes, you've know, you got enough word on the inside of you. You've got enough power on the inside of you that if you can just believe God, the earth will start turning in the opposite direction on its axis. And everyone out there was like, oh, my Lord, what, you know, what's going on here? But see, this is how much faith, how much, how much he believed in what was on the inside of him. Hey, Amen, we got to get to that place, church. Hey, Amen, we got we to step into that. If we want to see some amazing things happen, if we want to see this city change, it depends on us we got to allow him to change us. we got to yield to what he's already done. Church, this is what I want to be led by. I want to be, be led by the power of God that, that can make this earth you know, spin in an opposite direction on its axis. I'm we got that, we, you we got that power on the inside of you. Hmm? We, we have that power on the inside of you. That, that's what I want to be led by, not by my opinions. Not by what the world tells me I should be doing. I want to be led by the God of the universe. Amen. Hallelujah. His name's Holy Spirit. You say, well, how, how do we be led by him? Listen, we've been talking about these things. We know how we're, we're not going to be led. Many times we can learn a lot more about how not to be led on, than we do on actually how he'll does it. Why? Because you can start counting all these things up and how the Holy Ghost won't do things. How will he not lead us? He's not going to lead us by the gifts of the Spirit. He's not going to lead us by the prophets. He'll confirm things through them, but he's not going to lead you by them. He's not going to lead you by fleeces. I mean, he's not going to lead you by your own intellect. I mean, he's not going to do it. Amen. You say, well, how does he sometimes lead us? Sometimes he'll lead us by the supernatural spectacular things. Like what? Like angelic visits. Sometimes he'll lead us by dreams. Sometimes he'll lead us by visions. Sometimes, like we talked about a couple weeks ago, he will lead us by the authoritative voice of Holy Spirit. Amen, where God himself speaks under our spirit. And I'm telling you, it is that authoritative voice. It is God speaking. Amen, to where you can't deny it. Amen, don't take a whole lot of faith, I mean, to, to, to do what he's asking us to do. Amen, because you know it's God speaking to you. Amen. I it is absolutely undeniable. But the main way or how God will always lead us, God will always lead us by the inward witness. He'll always lead us by the still small voice. Now, if I had to put those in a category, since we're going to talk about both of them and separate them, of which one is more important, or not, excuse me, not more important, but which one does he do more often, amen, you'd have to, I'd have to probably say that he leads us by the inward witness more than he will by the still small voice, but they happen, both of them are pretty much simultaneously or happen just about as often as one the other. But I would say that the second most way that he will always lead us is by the still small voice. And this is what we're going to talk to today in the next couple weeks we'll will leave on the inward witness amen so listen what is the still small voice what is this this inner voice that we hear amen because you know, a lot of people if they listen to the last message we had here they say man i thought the authoritative voice man it's that that, that that power it's it's god himself speaking that you can't deny it's not something that he'll do all the time it's something that he'll do just a couple times maybe in your life if you ever hear it Amen. I thought that, I thought that's the the voice of God. And I'll say, you're absolutely right. That is the voice of God. You say, well, then what is this still small voice? What is this inward voice? It is that, it is that quiet whisper. It is It is that, that sweet, tender voice that you hear on a regular basis on the inside of you. You say, what is that? It's your spirit. It's your spirit man speaking to you. Amen. It's not necessarily the Holy Spirit speaking to you. It's your spirit speaking to you. You say, say, well, that voice that you hear on the inside, it sounds a whole lot like my voice. It's because it it is your voice. Amen. Holy Spirit don't sound like you. Amen. You'll definitely know when he speaks to you. But that that inward voice we have, it's your spirit man speaking. When your spirit man speaks, it sounds a whole lot like you because it is you. Amen. It is you. Amen. And y'all ever... Any of you that's ever spoken in a microphone or, or made a voicemail, I, I'm telling you, I used to hate doing those. I used to hate making voicemails. I remember when I first started preaching, I was like, oh man, can I go to a little church that doesn't even have to use a microphone or something? I, I hate using those microphones because you know, my voice sounded so foreign to me. I was like, man, my voice, I, I, think, I, thought, I thought my voice sounds very feminine, you know, and I didn't like it. So I wanted to sit there and talk like this when I had the microphone come on, you know. But why? Well, because I, I, I wasn't used to what it sounded like when it hit these outward ears. Amen, I knew what it sounded like on the inside. Amen, but I didn't know what it sounded like with these outward ears. And listen, church, this is, a, this is that same way with, the, with, the, with, the, with our conscience, our spirit, man. When it's speaking, listen, it, it's coming on the inside of us and it's a, it's a voice you will recognize, amen, because it's coming on the inside of you. It doesn't sound like what you're gonna hear, you know, when you listen to your voicemail back, amen. It's what you're gonna hear on the inside. It's that, it's that sweet, that sweet, small whisper we hear on the inside of us. Now, many times... The world, obviously Christians, the Word of God, will call this our conscience. It'll call it it our conscience. Here in Romans 9, verses, uh, verses 1, it says, I say the truth. It says, I lie not my conscience, also bearing witness in the Holy Ghost. It says, I say the truth, I lie not my conscience, also bearing witness and the Holy Ghost. See, our conscience will bear witness. It communicates. It allows the Holy Spirit to, to, uh, to verify things that, that, that have been spoken to us. But it is, it is our conscience that's verifying these things. You say, well, what is our conscience? Contrary to what most people think, listen, it's, it's not your mind speaking. I mean, it's not your mind speaking. Oh, my con- my mind. It's not your mind speaking. Why? Because if your conscience bears witness with the Holy Ghost, your mind does not bear witness with the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost does not speak to your mind. Why? Because in Romans chapter eight, verse six, we find out that, that what your your mind is at war with God. It's at enmity with God. It can It will not yield unto the things of God. So what do you do? It is it is your conscience, your spirit, man. Amen. That that is that is uh, in communication with Holy Spirit. And contrary to some popular belief. It it isn't, it isn't Holy Spirit speaking to you either, amen, because your conscience bears witness, amen, with Holy Spirit. And you all remember our, our teaching we had on spirit, soul, and body? You know, each, each of our three parts, it has a voice, amen. Our flesh, our body has a voice. You say, what is that? It's our senses, amen. Those senses will speak to you. You know, our mind, our soul, our, our soul, our, our mind, our will, and our, our emotions, it has a voice, amen. What is it? It's our reasoning, Amen but our spirit man also has a voice you say what well, is our spirit amen our spirit our conscience it ha- it has a voice amen our spirit has a voice and it is our conscience let me get that right hallelujah amen now our conscience now our conscience here our conscience will speak to us whether you're reborn or not you've all heard this voice ever since you've probably been a young, a young child. Oh, it was just my conscience speaking. something on the inside of me was telling me to do this or to do that. It doesn't matter if you're saved or you're unsaved. Your conscience, your spirit man will always speak to you. Amen. You say, well, can, can my spirit man, can my conscience be trusted? Well, when you're reborn, absolutely it can. Why? Because you've been sealed and anointed with the Holy Spirit. It's in constant communion with Holy Spirit. It's going to do everything in union with, with Holy Spirit. Yes, it can be trusted. But if but before you get saved, before you get reborn, it can't always be trusted. You say, why is that? Because it was full of iniquity. Amen. it was full of iniquity until you get reborn now now it can still hear your spirit can still hear from Holy Spirit that's how you got saved amen when the word was going forth Holy Spirit started prodding your heart and it listened and you got saved you got reborn you believed what was going on there but listen it doesn't always do that it will sometimes be led on what it wants to do amen because it's full of iniquity it'll be led by its flesh it'll be led by what it thinks is right so but, but after we get saved after we get filled with the Holy Ghost we, yeah absolutely it can be it can be it can be listened to our spirits amen the holy spirit as a christian always knows what holy spirit wants to do always why because the laws of god have been stamped upon our heart as we have had been sealed with the holy spirit meaning the holy spirit's always going to lead you and guide you down down the down the paths of righteousness amen your spirit will know 100 of the time what's right You, you can listen to it Amen. It's not going to lead you or cause you to go down, down, a, down a path that's not, that's not going to be beneficial for you if you will listen to it. Our problem is we just ignore it most of the time. Why? Because if God's going to speak to us, it's going to, it's going to start shaking the building. But see, when God speaks to our spirit, it's just a nice, still, small voice. And we've got to learn to listen to that. Learn to listen to what Holy Spirit's trying to reveal to us. Here in Romans chapter 2, verse 14. it says for when the gentiles who do not know the law by nature do what the law requires they are a law unto themselves even though they do not have the law they show that the they show that the work of the law is written in their hearts why their why their conscience also bears witness and their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them. While well, our conscience bears witness, your mind will either accuse or it can excuse the things that you're thinking. Amen. But your conscience will always bear witness with what the Holy Spirit's trying to say. The law is written in our hearts. We don't have to. We don't have to. You know. Uh, we we know. We know the grace message. I mean, we're, we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. All, all these. Time, but, but listen, the Holy Spirit has has stamped things on your heart on the things that we ought to be doing and what we ought not to be doing. Now, for we're going to go on to that. You say, well, well, will the Holy Spirit condemn us? Absolutely not. The Holy Spirit does not condemn us. The Holy Spirit will convict us, but the Holy Spirit would not condemn us. I mean, you say, what's the difference? Well, condemning is to denounce or put a death sentence upon something. Con- conviction is just declare guilty of an offense. Amen. I you start going out and doing things you shouldn't be doing. Amen. I Holy Spirit will begin to convict you. Yeah, you shouldn't really be doing that. You know, you shouldn't be doing that. Maybe, maybe we ought to talk to the Lord about those things. Then we got to get those things straightened out. But you shouldn't be doing that. But he will not condemn you. He's not going to say, oh, you're going to hell now, buddy. You messed up. Now, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's not the God of the Bible. Amen. Now, Satan will do those things. See, Satan's going to be the one on one shoulder saying, you know what? I think you ought to be going out with, with X, Y, and Z and go doing this, that, and the other. Your wife's not going to know. No one's going to know. Go off and do those things. And, then, and you're like, oh, man, I think that maybe that's a good idea. You step out and do it. Then he jumps on your other shoulder and he's like, oh, you messed up now. now. Now you've done it. Now God's not going to talk to you. Now God's not going to hear you. Now you're going to hell because of the things you did. Now that's the Satan talking to you. That we can kick that voice out. Amen. That condemning voice you can kick out. Amen? But your spirit, on the other hand, now your spirit will get embarrassed. Your spirit will get angry with you when you continually yield into your flesh and continually yield into what your what your mind's asking you to do, and it will start poking and prodding and pushing on you to get you to do the right thing. Why? Because it is, it is made in union with Holy Spirit. Amen? And it will lead us down the paths that we need to go. Hallelujah, and thank God for it. Now listen, I'll clean up here. I'll finish up here and. the yeah, let's go there. Let's go to first Kings chapter 19. One of my favorite things the most around so I'll try to be quick on it. Now, in first Kings chapter 19, this is uh, this this is a, a powerful and I, I like this cuz it's going to show several different examples on how God how God will uh, God will lead us as, as we have been speaking on these things. But here in verse 19 uh, verse 1 it says, and Ahab told Jezebel that Elijah what Elijah had done And with all he had slain all the prophets with a sword. Now, Now, I just kind of give you a backup of what's going on. You know, Elijah, Elijah just went through, he called, he called a drought in the previous chapters. He called a drought. There's been a drought in the land, amen, for, for several years now. And he said, you know what? Let's just, get, let's just have a showdown with all these prophets of Baal, because he was tired of all these prophets of Baal, all these demonic prophets in, in his land. So he said, we're going to have a showdown. We're going to go down to Mount Carmel, amen, and we're going to say the first one that can get the, their God to bring fire down from heaven, they're going to, they're you know, they're going to live. The others are going to die. They're like, oh, that sounds like a great idea idea. So what 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 did the good the good the good prophet do? He said, listen, I want you to go first, boys. Why don't y'all get out go ahead and get out there? So they got all their stuff ready. You know, they start they started praising, worshiping, asking their God to do all these all these different things. And, and I love I love Elijah. I mean I, I said some of us need to get a little fire in us like some people uh, some some men and women of God in the Bible. So he didn't just, just sit back and say, oh man, come on guys, you're doing a great job. No, no, he started making fun of them. He started taunting them, saying, Oh uh, your God can't hear you? Maybe you need to start crying a little bit louder. Maybe you need to Start doing something a little different, because I don't think your God can hear you. I think your God may be deaf. Maybe you need to start doing some of these things. He started getting them riled up. And then after a full day went by, he said, all right, boys, get out of the way. Y'all get out of the way. Why don't y'all fill up my, my, my altar with water? I want it to be soaking, dripping wet underneath water. And now watch this, boys. Watch this. Hey, Father, you know, bring, bring me some fire. Fire lurched out of heaven, licked up all the water, just uh, ate up the sacrifice. And then what happened next? All four of those prophets died by the sword this men, Amen. And then what happened? He said, "Oh, you know what, King King Ahab, I, I I think I can smell rain coming. I can hear the abundance of the sound of rain coming." Amen. And what happened? He went up. He called rain in, and, and uh, Ahab's all excited about this. He went. He went to his demonic wife Je, uh, Jezebel and said, "Man, you're not check out all these things that that Elijah, the prophet, did. It was amazing. He he did this. He did that." She goes, "He killed all my prophets." He killed all my prophets. He goes, yeah, yeah. Fire came down from heaven. It was amazing. You know, she, and she goes, she sent out one of her messengers and said, "Listen, listen, Elijah, amen." The same thing that you did to my prophets is going to happen to you. He goes, "I'm coming after you. You're going to be a dead prophet walking." Right? What did he do? He took off running like a little girl, amen. This this demonic woman put so much fear on the inside. He took off running. He took, he took off running and, 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 and went on down the road here. And listen here. In verse 2, it says, in Je- and, uh, or verse 3, let's skip there. And it says, and when he saw uh, that he arose and he went for his life, he came to Beersheba, and he, which, belongs, uh, which belongs to Judah, and he left his servant there. Listen, church. It says that he left his servant there. Listen, this is, one of, this is one of the tactics of the adversary. And it's one that he's been using for thousands of years. He's always trying to bring people into isolation. Amen. So what, so what was he doing? He got, he got disappointed. He got in fear. And he, and he took off. And listen, he even got, went so far. He said, listen, my servant, you're going to stay here. I, I'm, I'm leaving. And what was he going to do? He was going to, he was going to ask God to take his life. Amen, because he got, he got in such despair of the things that were going on. Listen, don't, don't allow the adversary to put you in, in, a, in a place of isolation where you can't be around brothers and sisters. I'm telling you that you know that you know that you know when you get that sense coming upon you, it's the adversary. It's the adversary leading you. It's not, it's not the Lord. Amen. But in verse, in verse 4 it says, But he went himself a day's journey into the wilderness, and when he sat down under, under the juniper tree, he requested for himself that he might die. And said, it is enough now, Lord, take me away, for, for I'm no better, I'm no better than my fathers. I wasn't able to, to deliver the nation, I'm no better than they are. And as he, as he lay there and he slept under this juniper tree waiting to die, it goes, an angel touched him and said to him, arise and eat. And he looked and behold, there was, there was a keg baked on coals and there was a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink. And laid down again. And then the angel of the Lord came and he woke him up a second time and he touched him and he said, arise and eat because the journey is too, long for, is too long for you. So he rose and he ate and then he went in the strength of that meat for 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb and to the mount. Of God now we know Horeb is, is uh, Mount Sinai the place where uh, the, the tablets of Ten Commandments were given and you know Moses was in you know, uh, Moses in the presence of God for forty days and forty nights and the presence of God came upon him that this, this is that same mount so what was he doing he was going to hear from God. Amen. He says, well, if you're not going to kill me, I'm I'm, I'm taking off, and I'm going to go get into your presence and hear from him. Amen. But listen, I find this absolutely amazing just as we're talking about, you know, the angelic visits on how God will sometimes do these things. Amen. Why did God, you know, send this angel to go visit visit, uh, Elijah here? Because obviously he had his ears closed. I mean, he had his spiritual ears closed, and he couldn't hear. You know, he wasn't hearing from God. So, what did he do? He he sent an angel. Why? Because he had so much fear on the inside of him, so much pride on the inside of him that he couldn't deliver the nation. That, that he that he took off, and I mean, he, he was going he was going for his life. But God didn't lead him to go that direction. But he was trying to catch his attention. He said, "Listen, I, I want my prophet alive." Amen. So, I'm, angels, go down there. I want you to minister to him, give him something to eat, because he's heading off to he's heading off to Sinai. you know, he's got forty days. He's gonna die if you don't go and feed him. So go. So go, my him. Amen. You say, well, why didn't God speak to him himself? Why didn't God just wake him up and speak to him? I think sometimes you'll find when we get offended, when we get offended, when we get hurt, when we get disappointed, amen, we have a hard time perceiving the things of God. We have a hard time hearing from God. We have a hard time getting into his presence. Amen. So what does he do? He was going to travel this 40-day distance. So why? For one purpose, so he could get into his presence. And we say that he met God there. In verse 9, we see when he got there, he says he came he came to this cave and he lodged there. He says, behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Now this word came unto him. What was this? This was that authoritative voice of the Holy Spirit. Amen. why? Because God's still trying to get his attention. He's still trying. He spoke to him and said, Elijah, what are you doing here? And what Elijah do He started speaking back to him. He said, Lord, you know, I've been very jealous for you, uh, the Lord of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant. They've thrown down thy altars. They've slain your prophets with the sword. He goes, Only I am the one that's left, if we, which we find down in a few verses. That's all a lie or a, a misconception. And he said to him, Give me, he spoke to him again. He said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by. So he spoke to him, said, what are you doing here? He gave him an answer. And he spoke to him and he said, listen, go get into my presence. Go get into my presence. It says, and, then, and he went out on the mountain before, and, and the Lord passed by. There was a great strong wind that rent the mountains and it broke pieces of rock before the Lord. And the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice, a still small voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it, he, he wrapped his face in his mantle and he went out and he stood at the entering of the cave and behold, there came a voice unto him and said, Elijah, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? I find this absolutely fascinating. Amen. The, the, you know, the Lord spoke to him out loud and the Lord said, go get into my presence. And, and, and when he went and he was waiting for the Lord to, to begin to speak to him and, and he, saw, he saw amazing things happen. A big wind came by, he started breaking rocks into pieces. A great earthquake came, a great fire burst. forth. It didn't move Elijah at all. Why? Because he knew that wasn't the Lord. I mean, he knew that wasn't the Lord speaking to him. Well, what did he do? He finally got in that place, the, the, the God himself finally got him into a place where he could hear from him. And when we could hear from him, he didn't speak to him with that loud voice again. He didn't speak to him by anything else. What did he speak to him by? The way he always spoke to him, by the still small voice that was on the inside of him. And when when Elijah recognized it, he got back to that place of of when uh, when peace was, it was surrounded by peace he knew was in, in the presence of God. He heard the still small voice, and then he wrapped up his mantle, and he went and got in front face to face to God. I'm telling you, church, I'm telling you, this, this this is that voice we need to hear. Well, why didn't God just continue speaking to him in a loud, authoritative voice? Because it doesn't take a whole lot of faith to be led. God wants you to be led by faith in everything that you're doing. I mean, he will do whatever he can to get us into that place where we can begin to hear from him again. But as we find out, what happened? You know, he began to rehearse the same thing. Listen, I'm the only one of your prophets left, and blah, 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 blah. And, and God just interrupted and said, okay, okay, okay. Still speaking to the small, still small voice said, now now that you're listening to me, now, you went 40 days and 40 nights out of the way. You know, I need you to do something. Your life's not done yet. I need you to go anoint this, this guy king. And then I need you to go anoint this next prophet to replace you. I need you to train him up. I need you to father him. Amen. And what happened? He went and did what the Lord asked him to do. Amen. But he had to get into that present place where he could hear him again. Amen. And then God also mentioned to him, too. He said, Listen, I also have 7,000 other prophets, amen, that have not, or people that have not bowed the knee unto Baal, amen, corrected his wrong thinking as well. Amen. But I'm gonna tell you, church, is that there's that place where we need to we need to come and we need to begin to hear from Him with everything that we have. I mean, God will get our attention. He'll get your attention with the angels. He'll get your attention with the still, with the authoritative voice. But He will speak to us on a regular basis, amen. By that still small voice or the inward witness on the inside of us. Listen, that's how this church got planted here. That's how this, that's how this church got planned. It was right in the middle of COVID. Amen. We're, we're, we're sitting there at Kimberly and I were sitting there praying. I actually was irritated. Amen. Cause I just, I heard you know, back in the States, there were 14,000 churches that shut down. You see churches shutting down all over this Island. And I know revival's coming to this place. Why are churches shutting down? And I, I was irritated. And I was just like Elijah. I was going I was complaining to the Lord, what is going on here, Lord? You know, we need to get people hooked up. People need to get on fire. Why are churches shutting down? Why aren't we meeting? You know, we, why are people scared of COVID, I, I was irritated. Amen. And and we start we start talking about these things, talking about these things. I said, listen, he goes, Ryan, just he goes, I need you to start believing me for an opportunity. Believe me for an opportunity. Don't pay attention to these circumstances. Don't pay attention to what everyone else is doing, what all the, what the rest of the church world is doing. You believe me for opportunities. I said, okay. So me and Kim, we started praying, started believing God for an opportunity. And, what, and then what happened? The Lord says, Listen, I want you to go play a church. Amen. And just like any good Christian, I was like, well, Lord, don't you know we're in quarantine? I- I'm not supposed to go plant a church. And he didn't answer. <laughs> he said, go plant a church. So what we do? The only thing we know to do. We went start, you know, going city to city, praying, praying, seeing where the Lord would have us. And now as well, as y'all know, we got, we got settled here in, in Derry. Amen. And the Lord had us plant the church here in Derry. Why? But it was only by the still small voice. It wasn't some amazing voice like, you need to go to Derry City and plant a church. No, it was just, a, it was just in a place of prayer, having, having the Lord just speak to us. Listen. Why? <laughs> yeah. Listen, church, I didn't even know we were going to be moving up here whenever we came to plant this church i don't know if i would have planted it if, if that was uh, if that was the case amen anyway because he, he reveals things as we as we step out in faith and do the things that he's asking us to do if he revealed to me the whole picture i don't know about whatever whatever left because we have an amazing church down in dundalk amen but i'm gonna tell you if we're gonna have another amazing one up here amen we got that we got the starting of it right now but listen we have got to get to this place where we can hear that still small voice, and it will absolutely change everything. You're all, uh, every direction you're making, you'll drop everything you're doing, not from some thundering voice, but because of the Spirit of God on the inside of you. That you're so trusting Him, you're so intimate with Him, that it don't take much for you to, to go in a different direction. You say, How do we get like that? Listen, church, you're going to have to pray. Hmm? You're going to have to pray. You're going to have to pray in the Spirit. And you're going to have to pray. And you're going to have to pray. I'm not saying, oh, i got 10 minutes on my way to work. I'll pray. I'll pray in the car. No, no, no. Be intentional about the things you're doing. Be intentional about prayer. Have a meeting with God at a specific time every single day. Get intentional with what you're doing. Amen. Pray in the spirit. Pray with your understanding. But be intentional about doing it. Don't allow it to be something that just, that just comes up. Oh, if i got a little bit extra time, I'll do it. No, you make time for it. Amen. And you do these things. Listen, you're going to have to get in the word of God. It is our foundation. God will speak to us through it. It is, it, is the, it is the two-edged sword that will divide the soul and your spirit. You're going to have to have the word of God on the inside of you to where you know if it's Holy Spirit speaking to you or if it's the devil speaking to your mind. We've got to have intimacy. We've got to have intimacy with him in prayer. We've got to have intimacy with his word. But listen, church, you're only going to get out of it what you put into it. Listen, I only, I only, I only I got out of, of marriage what you put into it. Amen. If you, if you desire to get intimate, you'll get intimate. If you don't, I never would have got married. Amen. If we, we have to be searching after these things, we have to. If you want an encounter, go after it. You want to hear from him, go after it. But you're only going to get out of it what you're putting in. If it doesn't mean anything to you, listen, things are going to still be mysteries to you. But if it means something to you, go after it. Any I'll leave it. I'll leave it with that. I'll leave it with that. I'll leave it with that. Any I'll get into to understand a little bit of the difference between the authoritative voice and the still small voice. Amen. Then we'll get into the good stuff next week about the inward witness. Amen. Where where this is how God typically leads on, on just about everything we're doing. I'm telling you, he wants to be involved in every aspect of your life. Amen. Not just your church life on Sunday or Wednesday. He wants to be inter... mm, Thank you, Lord. He wants to be interwoven in everything that you're doing. He wants to be a part of it. But we got to permit him. We got to allow him. Amen. We allow him. I'm telling you, church, he'll start sending you on some crazy missions. (laughs) Amen. But they'll all be good and they'll all be fruitful because he's the one that's leading you on them. Amen. All right, well, let's pray and we'll dismiss out of here. So, Father, we thank you. Oh, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your passion. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for you loving us so much that you have given us Holy Spirit that will lead us, guide us, and direct us in everything that we're doing. Oh, we just want to praise you for it. We just want to thank you for it. Lord, we ask that you give us ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is having to say to us, Lord, that we, don't, that we, that we will not get off track. And if any of us have gotten off track, Lord, that you'll help, you'll help slide us back into the place uh, where you desire us to go, down, that, down the correct path, down the righteous path, down, down your path. And Lord, we, we know that you're speaking. We know you're speaking. We know you're leading. Just give us ears. Give, give us ears to hear. And we have submitted ears, amen, to hear your, your word alone and nothing else. Hear your voice and nothing else. Hear your guidance and nothing else. So we thank you for it, Lord. We glorify you for it. And as we, as we exit out of this place, Lord, we, we take a hold as the tradition of this church is in Psalms 91. "...that no evil will befall us, neither shall any plague come nigh our dwelling place, Lord, for you give your angels charge over us to keep us in all of our ways." Well, we thank you, Lord. You love us so much. Lord, there is no wicked plan from a wicked man or the devil himself shall come against us and harm us in any way. We are protected in everything that we're doing. We're protected on the roadways, the railways, the seaways, the airways, the motorways. Lord, even the walk paths, Lord, there is no, there is nothing that's going to come against us to harm us. we got angels on front to back and side to side. We have the Spirit of God on the inside of us leading us, guiding us, and directing us to where no snare will harm us. Why? Because we're people that are dedicated to be in the secret place of the Most High. We abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We declare you are our God. You are our fortress. You're the only one that we trust. So we love you for it, Lord. We thank you. We thank you for the righteous labor of our hands as we step into a new week here, Lord. We thank you Lord, for a blessing into our job places. Lord, we thank you, Lord, these jobs, these these places that you've given us for an income, Lord, they'll become our ministry. Lord, we ask for opportunities to, to minister unto people, give salvation unto people, pray for the sick, whatever it might be. Lord, we're thanking you for opportunities, Lord, to sow something into the people around us. May we be a miracle in someone's life. May we be an absolute threat to the adversary and a miracle in someone else's life. We thank you for it, Lord. We thank you for this church. We thank you for what you're beginning to grow in this place, what you're laying as a foundation in this place. We thank you for each and every person that you've called here, Lord. We thank you for the ambassadors of Christ. You've called each and every one of us to be thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We are covered by your blood. We are empowered by your word. And we are anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. glad you could join us for our latest message. We are located in the city at 76 Strand Road and we would love for you to call in and join us. Details are on our website at islandchurch.co.uk.